Father, thank you, God, for tonight, this time of worship that we've had. God, it's just so good to be close to you. It's so good to sing your praises. It's so good to tell you how much we love you. God, I pray that we would never take that for granted. Lord, I just love the way you speak to our hearts, God, as we sing your praises, God, how we're just so encouraged in our hearts that you were just right next to us. You were so close to us as we sang in the song, God, I'm not alone, uh, that you're never going to leave me. You're never going to forsake me. God, I'm not alone. God, even though it feels lonely sometimes as we pursue you, God, we're never alone because you were there with us. Thank you, God, for being that for us. God, I know that that's what you desire in our lives. God, you want to be that for us pray that, God, we would just sense that reality tonight. I pray that you would open our eyes, God, to our desperate need for you. God, thank you for your gospel, your good news of your love. God, and it's all about a relationship with you. That's what you desire. And that's what you gave us through your son. So be glorified now in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So we continue in our relationship series called Yoked. Tonight's message is a little different because it's really kind of not about yoked. We're talking about singleness. I think you'll see um, through this message tonight that to be yoked is more about being yoked with Christ than it is to be yoked with another person. That's what tonight's message is about. So we talk about singleness, and we talk about God being glorified through singleness, about it, singleness being a gift, as Paul describes it, as a gift. I hope you'll see that what Paul is trying to do is he talks to the church at Corinth. It's a brand new church. It's like a startup church. I don't know if they were meeting in a grocery store or what, but like they're starting up, and, and they don't really know. I mean, they understand the gospel. They understand Jesus. Paul's been talking to them, you know. They keep writing him letters, hey, how do we do this whole church thing? We're not really sure how to do the whole Christianity thing. Can you give us some instructions? We need some guidelines. Can you fill us in? We got some questions. So what we see in 1 Corinthians is Paul's response to them. Hey, you guys started church. You know, praise God. It's awesome. I continue to pray for you guys. Now, here's some things you got to know. Here's some realities that God revealed through Jesus Christ. Here's some things that... The Holy Spirit is revealed to me, and I want to share these things with you. And, that's, and we're going to see an overarching principle in this passage that Christ is enough. That Christ is enough. And, and the gospel and Christ and his love and our love for other people through Christ is the most important thing. Whether it's through marriage or through singleness, the most important thing is Jesus. Everybody's like... Kenny, I've heard this message before. Yeah, you have. Yeah, you have. It's called the gospel. It's called the gospel. It's called God's true love for us, revealed through the person of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. And the New Testament is all about going and making disciples and telling other people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them whatsoever I've commanded you. It's all about that. That's what the New Testament is about. And that doesn't change just because we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 talking about singleness. It doesn't change. That is still the message. You know, there, there's, there's this 
you know, just kind of motto or, or, or thing that you're supposed to follow when you preach, and that is that all things that you preach out of God's word should point back to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that should be the conclusion of every single sermon that you preach, every single message that comes out of your mouth is supposed to all point back towards the gospel. Well, this message happens to be only about the gospel. Even though we're talking about singleness, this is about the gospel. And that message hasn't changed. You know what has changed, though? The world's perspective on singleness and marriage. It's, it's got a certain connotation to be called single. It's almost like a four-letter word in today's environment, right? Everybody's like, well, I don't know if you should say that out loud. Yeah, I know that it is. We can try to tiptoe around it, dance around it, and act like that's not true. But it's almost like to be single is for the world to look at you and go, what's wrong with you? There must be something wrong with you. It's your looks. It's your personality. It's your attitude. It's something like that that has caused you to be single like you've got some sort of disease. That's the way the world perceives it. It is ingrained into our culture. It is, it, is, it is put into our minds that this is the way it's got to be. And if you don't get married, if you don't have a bunch of kids, then there must be something wrong with you. And that's a lie. It's a lie. The world has put that in. You remember, we talked about the broad road, right? We talked about the broad road last week, and it has such an influence on us. Even if you're on the narrow road, when you look at the broad road, you see what they say, you see what they do, you see their mentality, you see the, the, the way that they are, and it has an impact on you, even if you're on the narrow road. Because there's so many people on the broad road. So many people on the broad road. Society has had a tremendous impact on our view of marriage and of singleness, and it is all a lie. Jesus turns everything upside down. When Jesus talks to us, he turns everything upside down in his word. In his word. Let, let's look. Let's, I'll show you an example, right? Let, let's look at, at an example. that, that is, It's a movie that's several years old. Jerry Maguire, big love story, right? It's a big, big love story. Let, let's watch this one-minute clip on Jerry Maguire. You complete me. You complete me. It gives you those cold chills, goosebumps. You complete me. It's a lie. It's a complete and total and absolute lie, and it is not the truth. There is only one who completes you. 
and his name is Jesus Christ. If you were looking at your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, if you were looking at them to say, you complete me, then you are telling yourself the same lie that the rest of the world is telling themselves. I need a person to complete me. I need somebody, flesh and blood, that's going to make me feel whole and make me feel complete. And that is an absolute lie that you're telling yourself. There is only one person. He's a fully, he's fully man and fully God at the same time. He is a person and he's God and his name is Jesus Christ. And he is the only one that can complete you. But this is what the world's looking for. I need somebody. To complete me. That's what I really need. That's what's missing in my heart. I just need to find that right person. I need to find that soulmate. And then I will be complete. Am I telling you that it's not wonderful to be married and it's not joyous and, and there's not something you share and all of that stuff? That's not what I'm saying because it is. It is all those things. But it is not everything. It is not everything. Jesus Christ is everything. His gospel is everything. And as we read what Paul says, we're going to see that Christ is everything. Let's look at what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So I say to those who aren't married and to widows, it is better that you stay unmarried just as I am. But if they can't control themselves, they should go ahead and marry. It's better to marry than to burn with lust. First thing Paul says is this. He, he flies in the face of everything culture says. Everything that, that, that no, the world, the modern world would tell you that it's better to be married than not married. Paul's like, forget that. I'm telling you it's better to remain unmarried. Now, this, I want you to understand something. This is Paul's perspective. It, 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 you see that, that not only does Paul say this in the New Testament, but Jesus, he also says this to a degree in the New Testament as well. That it is better to remain unmarried. And we're going to talk about why in just a second. We're going to talk about why. But this flies in the face of everything that, that culture tells you, right? Culture tells you you've got to be married. If you're not married, then there's something wrong with you. Paul says, Paul says I'd, I'd rather you remain unmarried, just like I am. Paul had a, a gift, and there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of controversy around the things that Paul says and how he says it in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and people look at it different ways and all that kind of stuff. But I'm telling you, what Paul says, he says, it, it, it is a gift in order for you to remain unmarried. Now, I want you to understand something here. That just like singleness is a gift, marriage is a gift as well. As we read in Genesis, that, that, that a man will, will leave his father and mother and, and be joined to his wife as one. And there will be a miracle. And they will be made one flesh. And God said, go and populate the earth. And he, he created woman for man so they could be joined together. So what I'm telling you is that marriage is a gift just like singleness is a gift. They both are a gift. And they both revolve around one thing, which is the gospel. It all revolves around Christ. 
And here, look at the very first thing that Paul says. He says, you know why you should get married? If it'll keep you from sinning. Sinning. That's, yeah, that's the, that's the southern slang for it. If it'll keep you from sinning, go and be married. You know why? It's because the most important thing is for you to glorify God with your life. So if you can't do that and remain single, then go and be married so you don't sin. So you don't burn with lust. So lust doesn't overcome you and cause you to slip down this slippery slope. You know what he's saying here? Jesus is the most important thing. Jesus is the most important thing because you are to glorify God with your life. And if you can glorify God with your life more by being married, than be married. But it is also a gift for you to be able to remain single and be faithful in that. To abstain from those lustful desires in your singleness just like you would in your married life. It it is the same. They both desire for you to be holy. And that's what what Paul says. He says, if it's going to cause you to sin, go be married. It's, It's not bad to be married. It says, go be married. Glorify God in your marriage just like you glorify God in your singleness. Both are intended to glorify God. So do whatever you got to do in your life to glorify God. And that means as teenagers, as young adults, it means you're supposed to stay away from lustful desires. That that sex is only meant to be had in the context of, of marriage. And if you're single, you're supposed to stay away from lust. That's what it says. Why? Because Christ is the most important thing. You know how I talk about all the time about you and, and Christ and where he falls in your life. Like, is he up here and you're up here? Or is there sometimes you're up here and he's down here? If he's number one in your life, then he's what matters most. He's what matters most and he's still got prominence in your life. And when you look at your singleness in your life, you say Christ is the most important. If you look at your marriage life, you say Christ is the most important because he rules and reigns in my life. That's what, that's what Paul says. Now, admittedly, I don't do this a lot, but we are going to skip down a few verses because Paul talks a lot, of, a lot about uh, if you're already married, what you're supposed to do, if you have an unbelieving spouse and all this kind of stuff. So we kind of want to jump down a little bit to verse 25 where we'll kind of pick up the story a little bit, if you will, as he's talking about um, singleness and what it means to be married. We're going to kind of jump in at verse 25. It says, now regarding your question about the young women who are not yet married. So apparently, this is in response to their question. I told you that, that this is a new church, startup church, that just found themselves a grocery store to meet in, and they're trying to figure this whole thing out, and then they got questions, and they're they're calling Paul on their iPhone, be like, man, we got questions. They're texting him something. He's getting the questions, and he's responding back to them. The good news for them is they start passing these letters around. Like, everybody needs to see what Paul's saying here. It's good stuff. Matter of fact, it gets passed around so much that people start copying it and copying it and copying it and copying it. And before you know it, we got the NLT version, you know? Like, it's just the way it works, you know? And he says, so in regards to your question about young women who are not yet married, I don't have a command from the Lord uh, from the Lord for them. This is what he says. I don't have like God said this. Jesus said this right here, so this is what I'm quoting to you. But look what he says. He says, but the Lord in his mercy has given me wisdom that can be trusted, and I will share it with you. He's like, God is just, 
He's shown me things over time. And I'm trying to share them with you because God gives me wisdom through his Holy Spirit. So let me share with you what God has shared with me. Same thing I try to do with you on Sunday mornings. It's just get up here. This is what God just kind of revealed to me through this passage. Let me share what God had put on my heart. And I do my best to be faithful to that and be in tune with the Holy Spirit so I can share with you what God reveals to me through his scripture. So that's, that's what we do. That's how it works. He says, because of the present crisis, I think it's best you remain as you are. Uh, because of present crisis. Now, we don't necessarily know what's going on exactly at this particular time, in this particular place, but we know that there's, there's an evil, evil dictator in Rome right now, and he's having Christians sewn up into uh, animal skins and throwing them to lions and letting them be eaten and that kind of stuff. And these people in Corinth are actually in the middle of a lot of, of sexual immorality. They're in a lot of debauchery that's going on. That's a big word for you, debauchery. Go and look that up. Google that one. But there's a lot of bad stuff that's going on, right? And, and, and I think Paul is addressing that a little bit. He says, if you look currently at what the situation is where you are, I want you to consider this. He says, I want you to consider that the wisdom that the Holy Spirit has given me, I want you to consider this. Look what he says. He says, if you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. If you do not have a wife, do not seek to get married. But if you do get married, it is not a sin. This is where he says it's not a sin if you get married. And if a young woman gets married, it is not a sin. However, those who get married at this time will have troubles. And I am trying to spare you those problems. But let me say this, dear brothers and sisters. The time that remains is very short. Those with wives should not only focus on their marriage. Sorry. <laughs> thought it was on the next slide. I'm going to kind of keep going, Connie. Those who weep or who rejoice or who buy things should not be absorbed by their weeping or by the joy of their possessions. Those who use the things for the world should not become attached to them. For this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. This is what he says. This is what he says. Paul's talking to them about the situation that they're in, right? So they're in a, in a church plant, and they're in an evil place. And he's trying to tell him this. What was he trying to tell? What was he trying to get at? What does Paul keep trying to reinforce here? He says, you know what's going to happen? He says, if you get married, there's going to be some things that come in and kind of distract you, is what he says. He says, troubles, I would say they're more closely related to distractions. That, that once you get married, once you get into a marriage relationship, there are going to be some distractions. There are going to be some things that take your time away from what? Away from what? What is Paul most concerned about? He's concerned about the gospel. He's concerned about reaching people with the good news of the Lord. That's, that's what Paul is totally consumed with. So he says, it's probably good that if you're already in marriage, stay in that marriage because that will glorify God. If you're not in a marriage yet, I want you to be so focused on God that you don't get distracted by something else. And I don't want you necessarily to get married. Now, is this the case for you in your life right now? The answer to that is, I don't know. If you can glorify God more by being married to somebody than not being married to somebody, then get married. It's not a sin. That's what Paul says. He said, but if you can glorify God more by remaining single so that you're not distracted by a whole bunch of other things about how much stuff you have or taking care of the house or making sure that you swept up the kitchen, if you can focus more on Jesus Christ and his gospel, then do that. It all points back to Jesus. It all points back to Jesus. You've heard me say this before, 
But I'm going to say it again. These are the words you don't like to hear. Okay? These are, the, these are the words that like, yeah, I hear you, Kenny, but that really stinks. I don't really want to hear that again. It's not about you. It's not about you. I'll say it one more time. In the Old Testament, they would say things three times so that you would hear it and you would get it and it would show that there's importance to it. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. Do people think about it like that in context of marriage these days? They think about, you know what? If I marry that person, I can glorify God more with my life. Is that the way people look at marriage nowadays? Is that what the world is telling you? That, that you should get married if you can glorify God that way. But if you can't, you should remain single so that you can glorify God that way. Is, is that what the world tells you? No, uh-uh. Nope. As soon as, as soon as girls are big enough to walk, they start putting a wedding dress on them and start walking them around going, one day you're going to have a wedding. You have a white veil and a white dress. And it's going to be so pretty. And that's going to be your day to shine. That's going to be your day. That's going to be your day. Oh, that drives me crazy. That drives me crazy. It ain't the bride's day. It ain't the groom's day. It's God's day. And if he has prominence in your life, if he is number one in your life, then your marriage will reflect Christ. And he will have prominence in your wedding just like he has prominence in your marriage, just like he has prominence in your life. Everybody's like, you're ruining the wedding day. No, I'm making it better. I'm making it better. But that's not what the world will tell you. That's not at all what the world will tell you. That's not what the world will tell you. And people, they don't come in here sometimes because I tell them stuff that the world don't tell them. The world tells them stuff that they like to hear. I tell them stuff they don't want to hear so they don't come back to hear this. That's okay. That's okay. See, my job is to remain faithful to the word. I'll do that. I won't twist it and make it sound nice and put a pretty bow on it. I'll just tell you what it says. And here, Paul, I, I, you're going to hear me repeat this over and over and over again in this message, and I, I won't shy away from it. It's not about you. It's about Jesus Christ and his gospel. Marriage, singleness, whatever the case, it's about Jesus. He says this... <laughs> You know, you know why he says it? He says, this, this world's soon going to pass away. He said, our time is short. A few verses prior to that, he says, our time is short. Uh-oh. I get to tell you something else you don't want to hear. Marriage is not eternal. Your marriage to your husband or your wife is not eternal. I didn't teach that. Jesus did. Everybody's like, what are you talking about? It's not eternal. There is only one marriage that is eternal, and that is your marriage to the Lamb of God. That is Jesus Christ, your relationship with him. That will last. That is what makes us brothers and sisters in Christ. These relationships, by the way, inside the church will last eternally, but a marriage will not last eternally because when we get to heaven, we are all single. Everybody's like, dude, you are blowing my mind. I'm telling you. Listen to what Jesus said. So Jesus is talking to a bunch of Pharisees, and they're trying to get this whole marriage thing worked out, right? And, and they're, like, they're like, okay, let's say, 
So in Jewish tradition, it would often be that, that if a, a man got a, or if a, if a woman's husband died, that the, the, the brother or the, you know, the cousin or, or somebody in the family would step up and marry the woman so she'd be taken care of, right? So that would be like commonplace in Jewish tradition. So the Pharisees are talking to Jesus. They say, okay, so tell me, when, when we get to heaven... If a woman, has, her husband has died, and then she marries his brother, and he, they both get to heaven one day, who's, who's she married to? Jesus said, you don't get heaven. You don't understand heaven. You, you don't comprehend an eternal kingdom like my father has set up. You, you, you're not able to wrap your minds around it because you're thinking about marriage, and that is a, a, a temporal thing. He says, I'm talking about an eternal thing, which is to be in the presence of an almighty God. He says, you can't even wrap your minds around it. So which should matter more? Now, a, a, a temporal marriage that only exists while you're in this flesh and blood or an eternal marriage that lasts forever? Paul says, our time is short. You know what you need to be focused on? Eternal. Eternal things. The gospel, bringing people into the kingdom. That marriage, not your own. Everybody's like, man, I'm going to have to go look this stuff up. I don't know if Kenny's right about this stuff. Go look it up. Don't trust me. I'm good with that. If you want to be free from the concerns of this life, no. He says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spread, spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities and how to please his wife. His interests are divided. Everybody's like, man, I didn't know that was in there. It is. I, I didn't type it. Connie just copied it straight out of the Bible. It, it's in there. You know why? Because it's all about Jesus. He says, he says it's better if he can take this gift of being single and he can use that to glorify God because he's got a short amount of time and he needs to go out there and share the gospel, share the good news. If he has to take care of his household and sweeping and, and doing dishes and, and going and making sure they got plenty of berries to eat and the bears killed so they got food on the table, if he has to do that and his energy is divided, he said, I would have rather him remain single so he could go out there and spend his time being hungry and not have to worry about the next meal he's going to put on the table. He could just go and wherever he needs to go, God will provide for him. He says his interests are divided. You know why? This, <laughs> because Paul says, Jesus, everything else. Jesus, every, everything else. Jesus, everything else. In that order. He says, I don't want his interest to be divided. He has an opportunity to glorify God in his singleness. Do that. Do that. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and spirit. But a married woman who has to think about their earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I am saying this for your benefit. Not to place restrictions on you. <laughs> for our benefit. Dude, I thought it was good to get married. It's good to get married just like it's good to remain single. He says... I'm not trying to restrain you. I'm trying to help you. See, the psalmist says that, that if you love the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. If, if you love him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Everybody's like, oh, I like that. 
I need the desires of my heart. I got a lot of things in my heart. That, my heart needs a lot of stuff. I really need Jesus to give me a check. And I'm like, if you love Jesus, you know what the greatest desire of your heart is? To love Jesus. For those who love the Lord, for those that are called, the called, he's already given you the desires of your heart. He's already given them to you. He is the desires of your heart if he's Lord in your life. He says, I'm not doing this to try to make you feel bad or to try to restrain you. He says, I'm doing it for your benefit. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. There it is. What is Paul telling us about singleness? What is Paul telling us about marriage? He says, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord the best with as few distractions as possible. What if I, I, I saw this on somebody's wedding post? Valley, Will, y'all don't get to steal this, so you don't get to do this. What if they said, I got married today so could I, I could serve the Lord the best? I got married today because of 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 35. That's the reason I got married today. Nope, that's not what people say. They say, I married the love of my life. You complete me. You complete me. It's a lie. It's a lie. No person can do that. If a man thinks that he's treating his fiancée improperly and will inevitably give in to his passion, let him marry her as he wishes. It is not a sin. He goes back and reiterates it's not a sin. But if he has decided firmly not to marry and there is no urgency and he can control his passion, he does well not to marry. So the person his fiancée does well and the person who doesn't marry does even better. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives. If her husband dies, she is free to marry anyone she wishes, but only if he loves the Lord. I got to stop there. I can't go on. So only if he loves the Lord. What is most important? The Lord. He's still got prominence in her life. Even if her husband is dead, she can only remarry and go to somebody else if he loves the Lord. What is Paul saying? He says Jesus is most important. The gospel is most important. Do whatever it takes so that you serve the Lord the best. Does it sound like I'm repeating myself over and over again? Because that's what it says. That's what it says. But in my opinion, it would be better for her to stay single. And I think that I'm giving you counsel from God's Spirit when I say this. That's what he says. I think the Holy Spirit has convinced me that what I'm telling you is true. He says, it's my opinion. He even tells you, it's my opinion. But I want you to understand what is his opinion is about married versus singleness and which is better. That's what he's saying. He said, which is better? But you know what he's saying definitively without a shadow of a doubt? Jesus has got to be number one. Whatever you can do in your life to serve him best, that is non-negotiable. That is not my opinion. That is the gospel. That is the gospel. So let me pray. Father, thank you for the truth of your word. God, I didn't have to add anything to it, God, but you just reveal it through your Holy Spirit. God, you convict people's souls and their hearts, and God, I believe there's people in here. They know that where they are in their life and their relationship with you, God, they do not glorify you. They are not seeking you and your kingdom 
Uh, they, they are not doing everything they can to let you have prominence in their life, to, to make themselves small so that you can make, be made big. God, I don't care if they're single, married. I don't care if they're a young adult, if they're an adult. God, whatever the case may be, I pray that your Holy Spirit convict them. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just wretch their heart, God, so that they could come to repentance to you and say, God, I have let you slip lower on the list, and I have become more than you. God, I pray for those people. God, I ask you right now, God, help them see that Jesus Christ has to be number one in their life, whether they are single or whether they are married. God, both are to glorify you. God, I pray for the soul in here. Maybe they, they've gotten away from you for some sin that has crept into their life. God, I pray, God, that we come running back to you, God, because you are faithful and just to forgive us of all unrighteousness. God, if we just confess before you, if we just say, Lord, here is where I am, just humbly confess and, 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 and just cry out to you and say, God, you see me for who I am. God, you tell us. The psalmist tells us in, in Psalm 139 that, 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 that you, you know our hearts. You, you seek out our heart. You examine our hearts. And I pray that you would do that right now. God, no matter if somebody's single or whether they're married, God, whoever they are, what the, whatever their age, God, I pray that you would just draw them to you right now. God, show them that you love them. God, the reason that you are to have prominence in their life is because your way is higher than our ways and because your way is higher than our ways. God, your way is what's best for us because you love us. That's the gospel. Help us to embrace your gospel, Lord. Help us to embrace the free gift that you've given us. Help us to give Jesus Christ prominence in our life. God, because we want to give you glory. That's what this time is about. God, be glorified now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you please stand? Yeah. 
you to come if you need to come and pray if you need to just say god do something in my life change me wreck me whatever you got to do just ask that you do that you know i like to give you things that when you hear them or when you see them it reminds you of the gospel okay the thing that i want you to hear and and the thing i want you to see is is when somebody says that phrase oh this is her day this is her day this is her moment on her wedding day i want you to think Man, that's so wrong. That's not right. This is the Lord's day. It would be just as wrong to look at me on Sunday and go, this is Kenny's day. This is Kenny's day. No. My job up here is to point towards heaven. In a wedding ceremony, their job is to point towards heaven. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. <laughs> 